Hey guys, my name is Crystal Kenny, and I'm in love with creating. All things artistic and imagination involved. I'm an American girl who chased her creative dreams all the way to Paris, France, making a living using photography. This podcast takes you inside the stories of all the artsy folks I've met along the way and gives you that extra push to discover your creative gifts. The desire to create is deeply inside each and every one of us, and I give you the tools and inspiration to find a new way of living a more creative life. This is La Vie Creative, the podcast. Cordon Bleu cooking school graduate, she traveled from America to Paris in 2013 to study French cooking. She now spends her days cooking full-time and teaching in Versailles. My guest today is Molly Wilkinson. So welcome to the show, Molly. I'm so excited to have you here today. I know that you studied at the Cordon Bleu cooking school in Paris, which for those of you who don't know, that's where Julia Child studied as well. And it's very prestigious. And I'm curious if you can tell listeners a little bit about your story, what it was like to study there, and tell us a little bit more about your cooking. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks so much for having me. So it's a little bit of a long story. Well, not very long, but, you know, there's some depth to it. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually have loved cooking ever since I was very young, about probably three years old, five years old, Uh, you know, did bakes with my mom. We make cookies. I absolutely loved it. But I thought that I had to go into a very traditional career path. And so I went to college. I started working in digital marketing. But every single week, I was bringing baked goods to the office. And all of my you know, coworkers were like, when are you going to open up your own bakery? And I, it's <laughs> something that I just, I loved, like, I absolutely loved it. It was my pastime. It was, you know, a way to get away from everything. And um, I started saving up to go to culinary school. And I looked into a lot of places in the U.S. actually. I looked into um, some well-known places in um, New York. I looked at Johnson and Wells. I looked at the CIA, not the you know secret agency, <laughs> <laughs> the Culinary Institute of America. That makes and, more sense. Yes, there we go. <laughs> and um, I started looking at pricing and how that related to me having already gone to college. And then I started. I was like, you know what? Like, why not look further afield? Why not see if how it would be if I went to school in France? And you mentioned Julia Child. And for me, she's someone I really look up to because she really changed the face of cooking in um, the U.S. And a big part of that was her going to the Cordon Bleu. And I read a lot of her interviews. I'd read her book, My Life in France. And that really pushed me to look into taking that big step and moving abroad and moving to Paris and going to this really prestigious school. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned price points and I think a lot of people ask about this actually, because, you know, a lot of people don't think it's possible. When I was looking at States in the U S they were actually more expensive than going to school in France. For me, it was a no brainer. I said, I was like, yeah, I think so many people are surprised by that. Yeah. Like when I came to Paris as well, I'd already been like full grown adult mm-hmm. human, like 26 mm-hmm. years old. 
I was like looking at people who study there. I'm like, this is so much cheaper than American yes. University. It's crazy. And even the cooking school you're saying is cheaper. Yeah, it was. And, and you know, I looked at it and I was like, well, gosh, like I could go to school, get an apartment, live in Paris where, you know, French pastry is founded and do that for less than it was to go to schools in the U.S. That's so and, wild. Um, it was it was insane, and uh, yeah. So I moved back home. I saved, I saved, I saved, and I applied. And it was probably one of the most exciting days of my life, getting this massive envelope in the mail that was addressed to Mademoiselle Molly Wilkinson <laughs> <laughs> in this beautiful handwritten cursive. And I was just like, oh my gosh, it's so exciting, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was one of the best years of my life. Um, the Cordon Bleu, it's all in French. <laughs> Did you speak French before you went? No. Uh, oh. so, yeah, being from Texas, I I spoke well. I didn't speak, but I had studied Spanish. I definitely wasn't fluent, but it made sense. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> America. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, yeah, so. I took a couple of like tourism classes before I left and I only knew like really the basics. I knew like, bonjour, au revoir, it's only toilet. Je m'appelle Molly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like to bake. And um, that was about it. And so I arrived, you know, in Paris, went to these classes and it was in this small school in the 15th arrondissement. Uh, near the metro Vaugirard mm -hmm. and um, it was tiny and so the schedules were crazy because they had a lot of students right but they had only a small amount of space and so the schedules were changed week to week wow. so like one week I would be going to school um, Monday Tuesday Wednesday and then the next week it would be only like Tuesday and Friday <laughs> it was old, so you couldn't have a job basically no, no. Um, that being said, though, it was only 15 hours a week, which was also incredible because I was able to really explore the city, you know, have fun with the people that I, were, I was meeting in culinary school and really experience this way of living in a different country. Was it overwhelming to like study in French, like cooking? I guess, how long did it take you to feel like you were understanding anything? But at the same time, I feel like it's very visual. So that helped a lot. Yeah, you totally nailed it. And I forgot one key piece of information. <laughs> so the classes, yes, the chefs were teaching them in French, but there was a live English translator. Nice. So that really helped. But you really like set a key point, though. Um, your translators can only translate so much because mm -hmm. um, there's a whole lot of information that's happening at one point and, you know, the classes can't go on and on and on. And so they really kind of say a basic translation of what the chef just said. So it is very visual. You really do watch what the chef is doing. Um, you look at the textures. Uh, the recipes that we received were literally just a list of ingredients and the quantities. And wow. then you had to write in your notes what, you know, the method was. Mm -hmm. 
so you start developing the shorthand and yeah it was unbelievable Great did you experience. feel like you could only speak French in cooking terms like when you're living in Paris <laughs> um yeah yeah <laughs> well, and also like I started taking French classes too Mm -hmm. um, because at the end of the course, you had the opportunity to do a three-month internship. I really, really wanted to do that. I mean, who gets to do an internship in France? In yeah. Paris? That was a huge pull for me um, to go to the Cordon Bleu as well. Yeah, you had to be able to speak at least basic French in order to get around to the kitchen, know what was happening, that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. I took some classes at the Sorbonne and some classes through the Marie or the, the city hall of Paris mm -hmm. and started kind of developing my French there. And then did you find that, because I hear a lot of like people who tried to enter the cooking world in France, it can be kind of a closed business. Like you have to be French, you have to know the right people. Did you find that way, find that happening when you tried to go out and look for work as a cook or a chef or uh, a baker? It's yes, that's really interesting. It is a very um, small world. It's more mm -hmm. so what I would say. All of the French chefs mostly know each other. Um, because a lot about cooking is learning new things. You move around a lot in a business too. So essentially, if you're learning, and I did this too, you work at a bakery until you pick up all of the skills and you learn all of the recipes that are there. Um, and you've learned everything that you can from the chef. And then you move on usually to another place. As you can imagine, there's a lot of movement that's happening in that world. And the same thing is, you know, very language based too. Uh -huh. So there's a very big English cooking community and a big French cooking community, obviously, too. Yeah. So, very so do you feel world. like the world's like overlapped? Or do you think that people kind of stay, you know, like you're the English cookers, and you are the French cooks? And is it kind of overlap? Or it's kind of, I would say it really depends on how much French, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I've really found that as my French has improved, and I'm still working on it, it's a, it's an extremely difficult language. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and so it's like, as my French improved, immediately I started seeing more doors open. I started feeling more a part of the culture. Mm -hmm. um, even just going to the markets, I could have more conversations. I felt more comfortable asking about certain products and how they were used. Yeah, it's just, it opens doors. Yeah, for sure. I think across the board in France, it's it helps you a lot to speak French, more so than other places in the world. And do you feel like it's a very male-dominated world in, in the cooking world in France? Or do you see more women entering the place? Or how do you feel about that? Uh, it's really interesting. In pastry in particular, most of the top chefs that you see are male, but there's some absolutely incredible female chefs out there too. And I feel like female chefs are getting, you know, they're gaining more and more merit. Um, they're becoming more and more well-known just because of the general feel of the times right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's changing. And it was interesting because at the Cordon Bleu, um, there were 75 people in my class and there was only three guys. Oh, wow. So it's all women. Yeah. That's yeah. Wild. So at school, it was all women. But then you do, you get out into that world and most of your head chefs are men. So it's very interesting how that translates. So I think we might start to see a little bit of a shift coming. I see that. Yeah. And 
When you were at the Cordon Bleu, what was the most surprising thing for you that you didn't expect studying there? I thought that I would think that these chefs were going to be extraordinarily strict and kind of, you know, what you see in the movies, like uh, yelling in the kitchen and, you know, like that sort of thing. And um, yes, some chefs were, but not to that extent. Mm -hmm. But it was more like a lot of joking in the kitchen, which I loved. There's yeah. a certain environment, at, at, you know, aspect. And um, there's a lot of people that when I left for France, they were really concerned about how positive I was and how <laughs> it makes me laugh now. Um, and like how that would translate to um, the culture here. Because when you are out on the streets, like, you know, when you don't see people just smiling like you do in the US, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that was something that I was a little bit worried about going to the Cordon Bleu is, you know, were the chefs going to be really hard on me? Um, was there going to be a lot of pressure, a lot of yelling, that sort of thing? And honestly, it was just so much fun. So that was a <laughs> nice, surprising point for sure. <laughs> that that is very surprising because I would yeah. I would have the same idea. I would think, okay, it's gonna be super intense, and if you yeah. don't know everything, you know nothing. And yes. oh, that's shocking. Yeah. And do you feel like because it's funny you bring up the positivity, like a smiley yeah. Americans just smiling all the time for no reason? <laughs> These French people think we're so weird. Um, did you feel like you <laughs> yeah. had to tone that down a little bit, or do you think you've changed at all from living in France? I I it was it's interesting because. Obviously, you do have to adapt to different cultures. Um, I think that's absolutely normal, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, and so I found that um, I was getting approached more in the streets when I was smiling. Uh -huh. um, and so, <laughs> yes, yeah, I wasn't going to say it, but yes. <laughs> they and think that you want to go be with them when you smile random. Exactly. And so, um, yeah, I, I was like, okay, that's not so good. So let's kind of start changing how I am when I'm on the streets, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so, yeah, I started like having a more like neutral face, you know, when I'm walking around, which is hard because I was new and I was like, oh my gosh, the buildings are beautiful. You know, I'm like gazing in pastry windows and like, <laughs> oh, pad and I would just like even giggle to myself when I heard the French say oh la la um <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't help it I was like, oh, it's like it's like something that you hear you know in the U.S. it was always this very like oh ooh la la like oh those are such a, such amazing like something sexy la 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 yeah. whereas here it's totally not that and so <laughs> it was so funny like coming to that realization and then hearing it on the streets and you hear it like all the time. I don't know about you, Crystal, but it's like all the time. <laughs> yeah, I hear a lot of ooh-la-las, but here it's more about like a bad thing. Like it's a surprise, mm -hmm. like you can't believe it. It's kind of like the American, oh my God. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so thank God, like when I arrived, it was cold weather. So I was all bundled up in a scarf. Like, and so I could kind of like, like look down into my scarf and like grin to myself about <laughs> Could hide all that happiness. Exactly, exactly. So, oh, no, so like, it's interesting. Like, yes, I adapted, but my positivity level, I don't think it really changed. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. it just was like, I 
wasn't smiling to myself on the street, which yeah. now I'd even saying it out loud so it seems a little bit weird, like that I used to do that, but it's it's a cultural thing. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, we all adapt and whatever, but you can't, you bring some of your Americanness with you for sure. That's, oh, that's unavoidable. And absolutely. I think that's helped you have a lot of success as well. That mentality, go getter. <laughs> entrepreneurship it's true. it's true and do you consider cooking to be creative oh yes absolutely there's a lot of creation that happens both with cooking and baking it's very different with those two segments right with cooking you can throw a lot of ingredients in a pan you can add things flavors here and there and it's not quite as scientific right mm-hmm. um and so you're creating this flavorful amazing dish and you're expressing yourself in that dish. Whereas baking, it does get more down to chemistry, which is also a really exciting creative moment as well. Uh So I just started getting more and more into recipe development. And I was actually just doing it right before this. I was working on a pastry cream recipe. And I got to tell you, like, it's so interesting seeing how um, science relates to baking and how even temperatures can affect things and affect textures, even if it's a tiny, tiny quantity of an ingredient that you're adding. I think that there's a lot of creativity that comes with that too. Mm-hmm. And it's, but it's a different way, right? But then also your creativity comes a lot with the decoration that you put on the dessert. That's really how you're expressing yourself. You're expressing yourself by the outward appearance of that pastry, but also mm-hmm. of the flavors that you've developed inside. And also something that's really interesting is the difference between American and French pastries is American pastries are pretty simple in their flavor profile. Think like chocolate chip cookies with like a vanilla cake, which are delicious. And I love them. Chocolate chip cookies <laughs> are like my go-to recipe if I want to bake. Yes. yes. <laughs> but um, French pastry is all about complexity and mm-hmm. something that's hidden. So like think about a lemon tart where it's not just your lemon curd, but you have a layer of like almond cream on the inside. Or, you know, there's this pastry shop called Caramel with a K and all of their pastries include caramel. And even their lemon tart, there's this couche of caramel, this like <laughs> ah, this caramel inset in their lemon tart. And it's a surprise. And that's really mm-hmm. something unbelievable about French pastries that I love. I love that place, Caramel. I go there all the time when I'm over in that area. (laughs) It's great. It's like far enough away, thank goodness, that I can't go there every single day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, we would all be rolling around. I know. Exactly. (laughs) Weight gain. Exactly. (laughs) Thank God we walk so much. I know. That's the big thing, right? Yeah, exactly. I I call it the Frenchman 15 because, you know, in university, we gain like 15 pounds our freshman year. Mm -hmm. And in France, I feel like every Everyone gains 15 pounds after the first year. Your body gets used to all that walking. (laughs) It doesn't work anymore. (laughs) I need to take up smoking or something. Yeah. Like when I first moved, like everything was great. Like I was even losing weight. But yeah, you're exactly right. (laughs) Yep. It doesn't last. Trust me, people. And why do you think French cuisine is so famous? I mean, around the world, France is known for its food. And I know you touched a little bit on that about the, you know, the surprises and things like that. But why why do you think it's so world famous? 
Uh, well, it's the base of all cuisine around the world, practically. Like when you're actually getting to the techniques and the teaching of it, mm-hmm. a lot of the words that you use, like bain marie or double boiler, that's like a, a general term that's used worldwide. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's why is French cooking is pretty much the basis for a lot of other cooking in the world. But then, of course, you have your cultural specialties. Like, I love, love Mexican food. Um, <laughs> love it. Same. <laughs> but also, like, when I started looking into specific desserts, even in Mexico, because of, like, the conquistadors and things like that, you actually have a French influence. It's kind of interesting. So <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. I would never think there's French in Mexican. <laughs> a, a little bit in the desserts. But, yeah, you, do, you have to do a bit of digging, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you're sitting down to create a new recipe just out of thin air, like, where do you start? Do you, like, do you see something? Do you taste something? And you're like, oh, I want to try to make a variation of that? Or how does it work? Uh, for me, it's a lot of brainstorming. But it's also going back to really key base recipes and thinking, like, how can I change this to make it unique? How can I mix it with something else that's new? You know what sort of flavor profiles do I want to put together? I get a lot of inspiration from going to the farmer's market Mm -hmm. and playing by the season. So I didn't have that when I was living in the U.S. I had great access to really good food, but I didn't have the seasonality associated with that. And here I've really shifted my purchasing to just getting my ingredients, my food at the market. And that has really brought this new world to me of really cooking by the seasons and getting excited about the seasons. For example, I got my first strawberries this week and it's a little bit early, but it was the first Mm -hmm. strawberries that I'd seen in months, right? And so you get really excited about that and you think, okay, what could I develop with that? And that's kind of where these new recipes start from. I like that. And I think that it's very true that that was a surprise for me moving to France is the seasonal foods, like you said, like they don't really try to sell you things that are not in season. And in America, I feel like you can get anything, anytime, like we wouldn't even think about that. But then you realize how much better things taste. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Well, and then also, um, in the US, I didn't have access to going to local farmers. Mm-hmm. It's like I you could at special farmers markets, but it only happened ever so often, or the produce was extraordinarily expensive. And so it wasn't really accessible. Whereas here, there's a whole lot more farmers that come to these markets and sell. It is accessible. And it's, you know, how I buy my products now. I really want to support local. I want to support regional. And I want to build those relationships too with those farmers. Yeah, I think that's great. I think France is really, really good for that. And I'm curious because I've noticed I've been living in Paris for like over eight years now. And I've seen a lot of American influence kind of entering the market for restaurants. And, you know, we have our McDo and Starbucks (laughs) and all that. And and like a lot of the processing and things like that, like the American white bread and all that. Do you feel like the American food is like kind of infiltrating and kind of being Mm. pulled into restaurants too? Like that processed kind of change? Or do you feel like they're holding strong with their natural, organic, fresh stuff? Well, there's there's two movements that I feel like have been happening. Um, So you have the movement that's really about going back to the roots, just like you were saying, and really focusing on 
um, farm to table, local, fresh, regional, that sort of thing. And that is very big, which I think is is fantastic. Yes. There is like in the younger generation, <laughs> there is a lot of like wanting to go to McDo, go get a you know water burger, whatever. And when you're at the farmer's markets, like you don't see really younger people shopping, like the younger people that you see are their kids shopping with their parents. And so it's really interesting. You see, it's very much a generational gap. And so like your young families, they want to feed their children correctly and well. And so they start kind of going back to what their roots were, maybe what they saw from their parents or something like that. And so you do see these young families at the market, but then you see like the teenagers going to like McDo and stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that they'll grow out of that and I that doesn't know. go into adulthood. Because <laughs> I'd like to hold on to the, the markets. I don't see the markets going yeah. anywhere, but I have noticed a some changes and I remember when the first Burger King arrived yeah. in Paris like there was a line wrapped around the yeah, station and I was exactly. like what is happening why so when I first yeah. moved it's like um I felt weird leaving my apartment in something that was less than like what I would consider like you know my Sunday best right yes yes you don't be you don't be wearing sweatpants exactly. and crocs exactly on the street. Like it's not okay sneakers. like sneakers were only for you know going to the gym and you would only put them on at the gym but that has changed yes. so much like in the past yes. five years and so now um, it's like you know cool jeans and like a retro t-shirt and like sneakers <laughs> and you're like and cool crowds <laughs> yes it's the cool thing exactly. <laughs> I'm curious to see how that changes but I'm still all about holding on to French tradition I, I hope yeah I think a lot of people are too and what are you excited about for your future projects I know you offer cooking classes in Versailles out of your home do you want to talk a little bit about do you have a cookbook in the works what's happening <laughs> yeah so I am Teaching classes here in Versailles, it's absolutely fantastic. I have a really beautiful space in our 18th century apartment, five minutes walk from the Chateau de Versailles. And uh, I've been offering private classes here for about a year now. And it's so fantastic. I absolutely love teaching. I love connecting with people, sharing that joy of cooking, but also sharing lots of like tips and tricks and talking about textures and how to make French pastry easy and accessible for everyone that's great yeah. and take that home with them exactly exactly cookbook yes possibly in the works wink wink <laughs> yes <laughs> so all very exciting but yeah like I, right now i'm focusing on my private classes and i've started introducing workshops and those are just longer um sessions so they're weekend long sessions and it's really to get you to experience Versailles, which is this amazing city that not a lot of people get to discover because really a lot of people that come to Versailles, they come to the Chateau and then they head back. And so it's really amazing to show people, you know, the pastry shops that we have here, the amazing history that is here, um, take them to the beautiful market that we have just down the street and really just you know introduce people to that. So I've loved that. So with my weekend workshops, that's all about connecting Versailles with the pastry classes. That's perfect. I am a big <laughs> fan of Versailles too. I, yeah. I totally agree. There's so much to do there. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. And most people think it's just a 
a castle and uh oh. no it's it's a whole city and i've had some of my clients tell me when they get off the train station the the marie is right there the city hall and people mm-hmm. think that's the castle because it's so beautiful I, know it is. Like, <laughs> I mean it's like uh, so much there's like yeah, a building next to it that's like a light plush pink it's so pretty <laughs> it's gorgeous the whole city oh, is a, yeah. Yeah, beautiful go out there people yeah and where can listeners find you online yeah so you can find me at mollyjwilk.com or on Instagram, mollyjwilk as well. Perfect. Well, everybody on your next trip to France, check out the cooking classes, <laughs> check out Versailles. And I'll be on the lookout for that wink, wink cookbook. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks so much, Crystal. Thanks so much for tuning in to La Vie Creative. You can find more information on MissParisPhoto.com. And if you enjoyed this show, please feel free to share and spread the word for all my creative guests. We have the power to help them to keep doing what they love. See you next time.